The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 155 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. A new podcast group is burning up the airwaves, brought to you by a friend of the show, Jeremy Evans, uh, formerly of the Gamer Stand Podcast. Fear not, Jeremy is still rocking the <laughs> podcast world. Uh, this time you're doing a group called uh, Endgame Boss podcast uh jeremy first off great to have you back here hey thank you so much i remember when i first met y'all that was at a uh, super big super con, big con. It was yeah incredible. yeah and um i remember i was sitting on to y'all's uh your your conference mm-hmm. talk and everything like that and i came up and uh talked to joshua about like uh about uh the director uh, i think it was michael not it was it michael bay no 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 yes, no no. <laughs> no no it wasn't michael bay it was um uh, the guy that's doing the justice league movies uh that did sucker punch 300 uh, that yeah it. that you, put me on edge. Yes, yes yes yeah yeah that director regardless i think everybody knows what we're talking about here but yeah yeah i remember like talking back and forth and then i got to talk to nikki yeah and, and all that stuff nikki robinson and everything so that was awesome meeting y'all yeah it was it was a blast having you and it was all you guys just everybody got really active and mm-hmm. i loved that that podcast was probably one of my favorites because everybody got to come up and talk from the audience we got this really good feedback from mm-hmm. everybody just talking um and of course i thought that that was probably my favorite year with super bitcon was that mm-hmm. year we got to do that and was it like two three years ago yeah yeah, yeah, it was amazing, amazing mm-hmm. year. So, End Game Boss podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about this thing. Okay, so that the podcast is basically my show, but is all part of this network called End Game Boss Program. And End Game Boss podcast is basically about me really challenge the listeners. Mm-hmm. And so when when I, when you listen to the show, I'll start out asking you two questions to think about, and then at least, and then we'll do some stuff, and then lead to the main questions trying to answer them. And the goal is like, I guess I came with the in-game boss is because like, like a video game, in-game boss is there to challenge you to make you think, mm-hmm. you know, find ways to defeat. So that's the way I try to do it. I try to like challenge myself and challenge you guys. And we work together trying to de- defeat this because I enjoy kind of being the bad guy on certain situations. Like I like challenging people, try to prove me wrong. Yes. And so, and that just brings that more conflict and more flair out of the conversation and everything like that. So that's that podcast. But part of the whole network, uh, we have three other shows we have the uh james bond podcast that we talked about earlier uh is called bond never dies and it's basically us visiting all the bond films and our goal is to just you know talk through all of them and just talk about some stuff that stand out and a lot of people didn't know like you know like dr no like mm-hmm. sean connery's first one at the time you know the, the spider was supposed to be like the most deadliest thing ever and now you're going back mm-hmm. on it and you're like i don't think it's that deadly as yeah. much but it was this is the tarantula yeah 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 but it was it was it was interesting at that time so it's cool of going back as an adult watching those compared mm-hmm. to like a kid so that's been fun and then we have another that's where, like the classic no mr bond i yes. expect you to die yes, yes. and we, to this day like uh our goal is too is to pick our favorite to, like rank our bonds our top five uh bond movies top five intros mm-hmm. 
because the songs are very important. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going through that, our favorite villains and our top five Bond girls. So, yes. like, so we're going through all this. And actually, it's funny because, like, uh, we just recently finished um, uh, A View to a Kill. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, the Duran Duran song Duran, is, yes. that, that's like in our top, that's in my top five favorite songs. And no, then no. Mayday is like in my top favorite Bond girls. Yes. And, and so I remember a view to a kill. And, and actually, I think that was one of the few. I don't usually watch them in the theaters. I usually watch them later. And mm-hmm. I just remember that one. And I think the reason I did was because I was such a fan of Duran Duran. Right. <laughs> that I had to see it. I had to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the video was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when the video was on MTV. And so I, th- I saw that one. Uh, loved it. Uh, I think Ursula Andress would always be my favorite Bond girl. I mean, really? Was, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and Halle Berry. Okay. See, I mean, yeah. But it depends on which generation you're talking. Yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and I, you know, we we kind of talked about Lazenby. Um, mm-hmm. But my see now, and and when I was a kid, uh, one of the the Bond movies that I will never forget, which is probably I have not watched since, but I'm sure it's probably the cheesiest one out there, is Moonraker. You know what, Moonraker is actually not that bad. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's not that bad. It's just like. Um, I thought it was. I thought the, like it was one of the worst ones, but it's sure. not. It's not. I think honestly, the ones after that, like for your uh, for your eyes only, I thought that one was not that good. Oh, really? You know, I, actually, I think like View to a Kill was like one of the better ones. Oh yeah. But I think the Spy Who Loved Me, I think is the best Roger Moore out of that era because you know that introduced Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Jaws was one of my favorite villains. Right, and yes. he and he actually was cool in Moonraker. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. And also the way he ended up, didn't he end up with the love interest with yeah. the girl who had braces? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, you know, going back to this, you kind of just sit back and like, yeah, is it, was it really that bad at the time? Right. It's like, no, because the special effects to this day still look pretty good. Yeah. But I think it always comes down to like, what's the villain motive? Because if the that in the intro, yes. like I realize, like if you don't like the song, you might be leaning not enjoying the film so much. Like when I remember watching Goldfinger, like I love that song. Yeah. And then going through the movie, it was just Goldfinger. right. Yeah. And then the villain was just awesome. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I, my first one I loved so much was um the um the world not world's not enough um tomorrow never dies. The Pierce Brosnan second film. Is that the one where it starts out with him in the Chinese, uh, he was captured by the Chinese? Um... No, I think that's the one you're talking, maybe that's the one you're talking about for uh, Holly Berry's one. Yeah. Was he all like, all yeah. gr- all hairy and stuff? Yes. Yeah, that that was that one. Uh, this one was based on, I think, China or Japan. And because the 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 famous actress I think is Michelle Yao, the one that did Crouch High Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, she is she was that one. Yes. And I remember their famous scene was like they were in the motorcycle, but they were handcuffed the whole time and had a fight and everything. Like I just thought that was really cool. So because yeah. that was right after Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. 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 And the Goldeneye now, okay. Well we'll you guys do talk about in that one about the games of James mm-hmm. Bond. Yes. Goldeneye, I believe that was the N64 yes. one, right? Yes. Which was mind for its time was absolutely mind blowing. It was for a game. And no one had I mean, it was doing things that nowadays is it's it's almost trite when you think of it because everybody mm-hmm. kind of does these things. But at that time it was amazing. It was it was it was jaw dropping to play Goldeneye on N sixty four. Oh it was. And the graphics were amazing. Yeah. Like the the missions, the multiplayer was where the top mm-hmm. top thing was and just it was a lot of smack talking in those games. And just the weapons layout were amazing, and it was it was easy to replay those games, replayed some of those levels over and over and over yeah. again because there's always like always that little bonus mission that you can always try to do. So I always love that game, and you know I see a lot of people try to bring that game back in a different form, but you know I think it's at the time now it was like 
the nostalgia is what's keeping it, yeah. that love. But it's hard to now go back to it. You because can't repeat it. I know. Yeah. It's in that, and like I actually try to go back to that. And you know, it's not the game I had the problem with. It's getting back to knowing the the N sixty four controller. Yes, again. indeed. And so that was the that was the struggle of that. So I played some N sixty four games, and I actually still love it because it, it was all with the with the trigger where it belonged, mm-hmm. and 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 the joystick on your le- on your left thumb, and just a few buttons to touch. To me, that was always easier to run than right. just about any other controller. Um, but yeah, I love the N64 control mm-hmm. um, and so many of the games that came out. On, what on was that one. like, uh, can you give me a couple games that you absolutely yeah, love? The, well, the Ocarina of Time, uh-huh. um, without a doubt. And then I recently got, and um, I found my old uh, N64 controller oh. and I went and bought Majora's Mask, which I hadn't gotten a chance to buy or mm. play at the time and loved it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but hands down, my favorite game that i love to play was um the star wars uh and I, empire uh oh 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 uh, i know what you're talking about it's rebel something uh no no it's empire it's it's um it's just em- it, oh shadow of the empire shadow of the empire yeah 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 oh my gosh with was, uh dash right yes 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 because yes. because yep. they couldn't get han solo so they decided right. oh we'll just make dash rendar mm-hmm. a new type of bounty hunter but I will never forget the music that you would hear in that. Of course, was straight from uh, mm. uh, John Williams' scores during right. Empire Strikes Back, and it was amazing. And just again, the graphics, the storyline was wonderful. I look mm. back at the graphics now, and I'm like, "Oh, these are horrible." Right. <laughs> but at the time, they were just mind blowing. And it's sad too because, like, playing that game, you wish, like, oh, I wish that movie exists. Yeah. 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 And, and and of course, I guess now there was a time when they were considering that part of continuity, but I guess that's now. Right. Not, no right. I guess the only thing they could do is like do an animation, I guess. Of yeah. It. I would love, I would see a Dash Rendar uh, uh, kind of uh, like a TV series. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great. Yeah. You know, anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Bond Never Dies is one of them. And what's your other one? Um, uh, the, the second one is. Um, uh, game holds a rivalry. So that the way that game that show works is we pick two characters that rival each other. And we're not talking about like to the death or who's better. It's more of like who how did they influence like right. the gaming industry? So like you had Mario Sonic, you had Princess Peach and Princess Zelda, you had Bowser and Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Um, you had like to, uh Tomb Raider, uh Laura Croft to Uncharted uh Nathan Drake. Uh, we go from even Pyramid Head from Silent Hill to the Tyrant of Resident Evil. Oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah. So we go, like, really deep in this stuff. Uh, we even go, like, um, Metroid Samus to Halo's uh, Master Chief. Yeah. And we just talk about what their traits are, what make them stand out, and talk about why, how do they rival each other. And then we talk about what we want from the future of these characters. Mm-hmm. And we come off learning a lot of stuff. Like, we found out, like, Dr. Robotnik um, has, like, the IQ of, like, 300 and something. And we, we compared it to... People now who are the smartest person, like there's he's he's smarter than Stephen Hawking. He's smarter than um, a lot of people, and we kind of get that mindset. Of like Doctor Robotnik can basically like build a robot that can build an empire. Yes, you know it's just it's just so funny to talk about that stuff and just realize like you know what makes them tick and what we want to see in the future of these characters. Yeah. And so um, that one's only like 15 episodes because that's the most we can find out about like. What we think fits there's, that rivalry. Yeah, for, for that, that's a very limited mm-hmm. amount. But I love the fact, because a lot of times I've seen the podcast where people, they, they'll choose random people and have them go head to head and kind of decide who mm-hmm. wins or something. But the idea of the the history and the, not only that, but the influence on society, because you talk about Mario and um, Sonic. Sonic, there's not any, those two really, because I don't, I've tried to explain to my son is, is he doesn't understand that there was a time that's lull 
when home video games, Atari had kind of died off mm-hmm. and there was really nothing. And when Nintendo and Sony started their thing, that's when it all came back. And because of Sonic and because of Mario, that really, that boosted home right. entertainment like never before. There was rivalry in the community. Like, were you Team Sega? Were you Team yes. Nintendo? You know, you have to sit at this table if you're Nintendo, you're at that table, you're Sega. And we talked about how, like, Sonic was supposed to represent of, like, the bad boy. Like, yes. you know, that's why they had that old commercial thing. Like, we do, Sega does what Nintendo don't, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, like, that's why I always look about, like, Sonic was the always person. Like, hey, if you want to be bad and cool, come on this side. And you get these hardcore beat em up, you know, we'll take, we'll punch everybody in their faces kind of games. And Nintendo was more of, like, we want to play nice and have fun and everything like more that. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that even pushed Nintendo of like, we don't want that reputation all the time. So, you know, we'll take some chances. And because I think if Sega didn't push that, I don't think Mortal Kombat would have been on Nintendo. Yeah. You know, Street Fighter wouldn't be on there. And so, like, I, you know, I think Nintendo had to take, you know, take those hits and realize, like, okay, we can't have Sega take all this away from us. So, so that's what we talk about. And it's just so interesting to get into that world and just talk about, like, what our opinions on it, what it was growing up to those games and everything. And still, like I guess Nintendo won because uh, right. Sonic is now on Nintendo games. Exactly, and he's on Smash Brothers yes, and everything exactly. like that. But it, it, and I think Smash Brothers is a great example because now they're duking it out yeah. against each other. So that's like a great rivalry there. Yeah. And so uh, I, I do recommend everybody listen to that if you want to learn knowledge about these characters and just make you think about wow, I didn't know these guys actually rival each other yeah. and I didn't really put two and two together. Yeah, and, a lot of the younger, a lot of your younger gamers don't understand the history because mm-hmm. it's it's still, to me, kind of fairly new, but it's really been around since the uh, late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I had a, my, a, friend of my, a friend of my father's, I went over to his house and he used to have the stand up you know that you'd never you didn't have home video games unless you brought one home right <laughs> an actual stand up arcade game in your home mm-hmm. that was the only way you had it but but still those 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 stand up arcade games uh go back all the way to the you know the late 70s uh, right after pong mm-hmm. you're talking about your jousts and your caterpillars yeah, and you know, yeah 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 centipede uh, asteroid yeah, yeah 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 and it's just it's it's i think i love the i think I'm glad that I was born in the 90s because mm-hmm. uh, for the new generation, you know, it's awesome that you guys are getting like the best technology ever right now and the yeah. best, m- more improved stuff. But just to grow up and see the evolution of that change, not even just like gaming, but just like music in general. Like we went from cassette tapes to CDs to digital and just seeing that whole evolution yeah. of that. And I even go to my parents. I'm like, I envy y'all because you guys actually got to go beyond that. You guys got to see all the years change, yeah. how 60s to 70s to 80s to now. And it's just so I'm glad that we at least was alive now to be around how evolution is changing. Yes. And you and mm. and, and to see that it has and to see that it has changed. Because you mm-hmm. you can recognize at a time not too long before you were where there was records and eight mm-hmm. track yeah. But for my son, uh, he's twelve years old now, so he was born in two thousand six, and I'll never forget when I was talking about some old missing Doctor Who episodes, mm-hmm. and I, like they 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 just erased the tapes because they needed space to to erase, so they got mm-hmm. lost, and so they're lost episodes. They mm-hmm. they'll never be. And my son actually asked me this, of course, when he was like three or four, right? Not, not recently, like when he was three or four. He goes, "Well, why didn't they just put it on YouTube?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because that didn't exist, and and it's still so. So for the, so a lot of the younger people, they don't realize that there's been 
a difference that mm. there was a time before digital music. You couldn't just always get your digital music. Mm. There wasn't a time where you couldn't just get your information immediately. For those mm. of us born, you know, for you born in the nineties, you mm. know, there was a time when right. you couldn't just Google it. Right. Right. <laughs> People forget that internet really started popping up until like 94, 95. Exactly. They think it's been this in the dawn of time. Like, no, no yeah, that's right. <laughs> it hasn't always been around. Right. And so like, I remember like, we would always get those discs in the mail, the AOLs. Like, what is this? <laughs> right. And so, and I know people made like so many things with those discs because they send it to you constantly. Oh, sure. Right. But I didn't really get a computer until like early 2000s. Yeah. And so I missed the, the early age of like technology and dial up and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I think my first actual computer was in the late 90s. I did, I did actually get my Hotmail account. My, my email on Hotmail has been around since 99. Mm. You know that. So, yeah, you know, it's been around, but but that was just basically at the very beginning, back when Google was still fighting it out with all these different search engines, who was going to win? Ask Jeeves, remember that one? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Northern Lights was the one I was leaning toward mm -hmm. at the time until I, Google came around and I went, um, guys, this is the better search engine. So I never mm -hmm. moved from Google, and I certainly didn't expect it to be the worldwide right know, <laughs> incorporated business that it is mm -hmm. nowadays i just figured oh it's a pretty good search engine. right everybody thought that because like it's your default when you go in it yeah. was, whatever your default is when you go online is what you normally stick with sometimes yeah. and so i remember that with internet explorer to firefox to all that other stuff you know internet explorer was like the main yeah. thing you use at the time and so because you know no one could afford apple that's right yes exactly. <laughs> no, no one's gonna, yeah so, so it was safari was that the the, the yes, yes yes and yes. it's still around it's still on mm -hmm. their ios products i mean mm -hmm. i use I, so on my ipod and my uh, my iphone and my uh my my ipad but uh yeah google i think is is now uh i use their chrome i think that's you know and of course google docs google sheets i mean that's I can't imagine my life without it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, yeah, we are getting into the era where, you know, cell phones is a must in your hand. Yeah. If you don't have internet in your house, that's that's a problem. That's weird. Right. Because it's <laughs> like, it's, you know, I, I'm, I finally got my parents to, you know, evolve into computers. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you guys need this because for, you know, when it comes to like, you know, future jobs or future information, you don't have a computer. You're yeah. lost. You're yeah, lost. Exactly. And so... So, okay, so what else have you got? What is, what okay, so the uh, the next one is called Area 44, and that's a podcast I do with John, um, my buddy John Robles. He was actually at the very, very beginning of the Gamer Stand podcast, and then uh, sadly he had to move, so it ended up being John Stone and I. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so like when you text me, it's like, John, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's two Johns, but he knows Stone. And so so it was the three of us, but then like yeah. I think after like a couple episodes, then he had to go, and then it just became John Stone and I. But um, – this is his. I pushed him to do this show. I said, I know you like podcasts. Let's do this. So Area 44 is a podcast he wanted to do. It's a gaming podcast, kind of like kind of like the Gamer Stand, uh, where it's just talking about like modern gaming and just mm -hmm. fun ideas with that. And I'm his co-host. And what I like about the show is, personally, is me not really hosting. Is I just sit back and just co-host. And like, you know, he does all the work. He comes with the ideas. He does his own editing and everything yeah. like that. He just does it off my pro my network, so he doesn't have to worry like paying so much mm -hmm. to get a show out there yet. And so um, that one is just more relaxing. I mainly just do the news, and then I just rant whatever. Yeah, it's always good to have someone to bounce off of. Right, yeah. right. So that one's just modern, and it's funny because it's different from In Game Boss podcasts because that's me really so solely by myself, but. I always have a always have to try to have a different guest to mm -hmm. challenge it. Like uh, Caleb Master was actually my very first guest. Oh, awesome! On on my first episode, and we talked about like the evolution of gaming. Where is it hard to go back to something they changed? So, for instance, like the new Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild now went more of an open world style where you get to explore anywhere you want, and everything like that. And the question is, 
if it decided to go back to traditional Zelda, will we be satisfied to that? And that's something we we talk about. Is it hard to go back to something that everybody loves so much? Yeah, but the only thing is, I I don't like. I've played Breath of the Wild. My, my son mm -hmm. has the the the, the, the Switch. Switch. Yeah, and I've tried it. I don't like it as much. Um, mm. I do kind of like to be guided a little bit, right? Um, because I, I, and I, I mean, I play D and D to where it's that that idea that if you're in an adventure and the adventure is is off in the woods, but you decide, hey, I want to go off and play in the mountains, right. you can do that. Of course, the DM doesn't have that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so you can go play in the mountains all you want. You're not going to get anywhere near your goal, whatever right. it is. Um, so I, you know, even in D and D, I think there's that sense of let's guide you to mm -hmm. the right direction. And so the open worldness of the Breath of the Wild kind of got to me a little bit, especially mm -hmm. all these things that you could have, all the different clothing and all this. You know, I kind of liked. Uh, of course, my favorite. Well, okay, my first. Zelda, of course, was you know the of original of Zelda course, on, right. on NES. Uh, but um, the the first one that I really fell in love with was Ocarina of Time, mm -hmm. and I love the fact that you go from A to B to C, mm -hmm. and each one you get what you need. Now, at some point, there's a moment where you are running all over the whole world to gather bottles right. or whatever, get hearts so that you can get make sure that once you face the bad main, bad yeah, guy, yeah, you're ready to go. But before that, you are learning about the world. And I mm. felt like Breath of the Wild was like, what do I do? Uh, go over there. Why? Right. I, you know, it just, it, I like to be a little bit guided. So mm. I'm thinking if they ever came out with one that kind of still was more that guided tour mm. of, of Hyrule would be more, at least for me, would be more enjoyable. I think maybe you'd get some of your older players mm. who'd want to come back to the game. I really wish they did a best of both worlds because one of the things I, I think it lacked about Breath of the Wild was there was no temples, like traditional right boss temples it was more of a cut and paste like you go to this village you go into one of the animal temples and you fight some spirit of ganon and that's it and then you move on doing it again and again there wasn't your iconic bosses right you know like ocarina time like bongo bongo to me was one of my favorite bosses when oh, he's exactly. banging on the drum you're fighting him you don't get that in breath of the wild yeah. and i wish that they took advantage of that so like hopefully like if they do another one hopefully like I wouldn't mind trying to find these temples. I have like open world, find these temples, but I want it where I go in that temple and I don't come out until it gets dark. Yes. And just be this whole rabbit hole going into this thing. And you know, yeah, I do. I do like a little structure. And I think that's, the, that's us old gamers. Like we kind of like being led, but like, yes, we do want to, you know, roam around a little bit, but still like make sure that we know that, Hey, this is where we need to go next. Yeah, Or at least have that, that sense of, uh, well, at least a sense of the, what the game originally started out with, which was your 10 temples and each mm. part getting a, a part of the Triforce. Right. So that, that way you're not just running around just to be running around. Mm -hmm. You're actually, you have something. And I, it, I'm sons, uh, or the, the one I was watching with my son, he, a lot of... Um, the, the the videos uh, mm. the 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 the, the cutscenes mm -hmm. lots of cutscenes there is a lot of cutscenes which was kind of weird for a Zelda game I didn't expect to see that many right cut right and then on top of that it just also feels like that um and this is part of open world is that some of your weapons that you get it's cool to have a bunch of weapons but it's also sad that you're not having that one weapon that helps yes. defeat something important. And that's what Zelda to yeah, me was. You know, once you got the boomerang inside of this temple, temple. you're going to use that on your box. Right, right. Yeah. And you don't get that feel with some of these because most of the time these puzzles that are in that game are more like figure it out, you get something cool, and you move on. 
And so, and there's like a hundred of them, right? Yes. And so it can kind of get old real quick for me, which I did all hundred and you know, you end up getting the classic green tunic from Zelda, the old Zelda, but I, I don't think the payoff was worth it because <laughs> yeah. there's not any specially about I think it. But, did that too. Right. But I think like, that's the, I think that's the thing about like open worlds is more, the more freedom you have, but it's the, the moment, the big moments are not really that important anymore. Yeah. And so it mm. should go back still to that basic idea of the role the role playing game, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I, it's not really role playing. It's it's just it's an action adventure. But mm -hmm. at least have that sense that you had that we had before. Um, I, I I I I think the Switch is an amazing mm -hmm. product, and I think it's wonderful. Uh, but I'd, I'd I'd love to go to see something new and different. And that's why I like Super Mario Odyssey because Super Mario yes, Odyssey yes. was really good because they gave you several playgrounds and you knew what you had to do. Like, hey, you got to get these many stars before you hop to the next one. And also, there's bonus. If you want to be completionist, yeah. Odyssey mm. reminded me a lot of the um, the sixty four, yes, Mario sixty four, which was you go into the which I did right, and so you go into the into the different worlds, mm. and you couldn't move and open a door until you got right x amount of stars or whatever. Right. Now, once you got that, you could always go back in them. You could mm -hmm. be doing it over, and and there was a challenge to try and get all of the stars you possibly could. Right. Um. So leave that. I love that idea of, of openness, but still kind of have a guided way to get in there I, 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 have I, you played I, odyssey yet i've played a little bit of it with with my son on okay. his switch and and really enjoyed it, it was right amazing. and it's cool because i don't know how far you got but there is the classic n64 oh is there really yeah there is one is uh, i think it's i think it's after you beat the game there's bonus worlds you can go to and one of them is you can go oh. back to the giant land of the beginning of the super mario 64 and there's a bunch of missions in, around that whole thing. So it's really cool. So if you get there, let me know how you feel about it. Yeah, I remember I actually did conquer the N64, the Mario 64, and got up on the very top. You get to talk to Yoshi. Yep. yep. And Yoshi says, here's like a, a hundred lives or something. <laughs> right. Like that. And then, but the game's not over. And then hops away. And it's like, but the game is over. There's actually nothing else you can do in that game. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Yeah, but with with Odyssey, it really feels like I mean you can constantly pe keep going and, and enjoying more and more. And it's a history too, because like all the costumes, it's just stuff that yeah. you forget that he wore through the history of Mario. So like Mario Odyssey is probably up there as one of my favorite Mario games of all time. That in uh, Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, and I love Mario Galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, I never got. I've always wanted to play Mario Galaxy two. Never I, got a chance. I never had a one. chance to. And I just love. But again, it was that still that same sense of I, I did get from from Mario sixty four that I could only go to certain places mm -hmm. once I got a certain enough stars, right. but I could then always go back if I wanted to collect mm -hmm. more star stars, if I wanted to get, you know, whatever it is I wanted to do in there, I could always go back to those worlds. Those virtual consoles need to speed it up because I want to play that game on my Switch. Oh my gosh, that right. would be amazing. The 64s, the GameCubes, let's just get those going. Yeah, so. well, and I, you know, they had, um, I've got the, uh, the SNES Classic, yeah, um, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the NES classic is now you can apparently just buy that one. You used remember when mm. it was like four hundred bucks or something like that. Like my I'm parents, not my parents hated dollars. me. My parents hated me. You get one game. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but the, but uh, I there is rumor that they are working on a N sixty four classic, which will probably have it. It's set thirty games or so, thirty to forty games. Mm -hmm. uh, which you know the fact that it used to be one game was this big, huge cartridge. Mm -hmm. And now on the NES Classic, you could put 30 games on this right. little tiny box about the size of those old cartridges. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing how far we've come in, in information and gaming. Right. And I, and I think the challenging of N64, I think it's the challenging going into the further one because Sony just announced theirs. Yeah, they're doing there. Yeah, and PS, Club yeah, Plus, and a lot of people are very um, kind of upset a little bit about the list. And I think the main problem is that 
one for Sony's point of view is they have a lot of third parties that are popular on there. So getting those third party games on there, it's been a struggle. Also, too, a lot of those games, like for instance, I think Tony Hawk Two or Tony Hawk's not on that list mm. because of the music license they were using. Oh, yeah. And so they couldn't get that game on there. So Sony's in a difficult situation right now. But you got Final Fantasy Seven still on there and everything right. like Which that. Which is funny because that's actually why I think the the Nintendo they mm. never had third parties. Yep. They all every yep. one of their games was in house. Yep. So when they went. We're gonna have our own classic. They owned all the games. right, right. So like the sixty four, I'm excited to see what makes it on that list because you have the big split. I think is from the rare area, and they're mm -hmm. the ones that were like the main source. They did the whole, you know, Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, mm -hmm. uh, Banjo Kazooie, you know, Jeff Force oh, Gemini. Gosh, yeah. You know, where is that line gonna be if those are gonna make it on the list on the N sixty four classic? So I'm, I'm yeah, very be, very worried yeah. about that. And so, which might be why it's been a little bit of a delay on it. So right, yeah. right, and I know. It's gonna it's gonna be a while, and what the cost is gonna be, you know, yeah. it's I think it's gonna be around like a hundred. I think it has to. But be. But still, to have all those games back on, and especially mm -hmm. they go to a controller, like I said, that was probably my favorite controller mm -hmm. ever to use. And so, if they went to that, I mean, I, to me, that'd be worth it just to get. You oh know, yeah. If they had Majora's Mask and they mm -hmm. had you know Ocarina of Time, um, some of the really great ones. That, I think the four games that it will just hold everybody over is Mario Kart sixty four, Smash Brothers, mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time. And uh, Super Mario 64, I yeah. think, though, or or Star Fox 64. Yeah, like, those right there will be enough for anybody just to come over. Everything else is just it'll be fine. Yeah, the Mario thing. 64, Mario Kart 64, mm -hmm. that was amazing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely love it, and I think there was a there was a. Um, uh, Mickey Racing right. one as well. And Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of racing games on those things. And I really enjoyed those. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> we just keep talking on anything. No, you're good. Um, what else? What do you got? So, Area 44. That's uh, with, that's the one with John Robles. John Robles. Yeah, so the four shows that we have is my my personal show, the Endgame Boss mm -hmm. Podcast, the um, the Game of Halls of Rivalries, the Bond Never Dies, that's our James Bond, and then we have Area 44. And these shows are all bi-weekly, but we try to set it up where each week there's always two shows going. So, like, for instance, uh, one week I'm on a, I'm on a Tuesday for the, the in-game boss podcast, mm -hmm. and then Thursday is, is the Game Halls Rivalries. And the week after that, Monday is Bond Never Dies, mm -hmm. and then Friday is Area 44. So, like, it gives everybody each show at least a couple days to themselves until the next show going. But the goal is every week there's always content. And yeah, that's the goal we're, exactly. we're trying to do all that. And when you come to, when you look it up, and that's the whole name, Endgame Boss Program. And we're on, you know, we're on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, you know, we're mostly on all those. Yeah. And uh, just make sure you type the whole thing out and then the whole library is right there for you. And so, and all the shows are, are uh, already almost like 10 episodes in. And, and they're only like a, what fifty to fifty minutes to an hour, is that? Uh, yeah, right? forty. Yeah, about forty to to an hour. Yeah, yeah each one. Um, the Bond ones are a little bit long, only because like there's sometimes you forget when in those Bond movies that Bond does a lot of stuff. So sometimes we have to go into a little bit of talk, even like to our Q branch talk. So we talk about like some of the cool gadgets that they have. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and we talk all that stuff. So Bond sometimes varies between if they're very long or short, depending how how the movie is. If there's not a lot of nothing, then it's a short episode. <laughs> exactly. And so, but like the other shows are about mm, about forty five to an hour. Yeah, we try to keep it tight, but the goal is just like get into get to know our gamers. Uh, 
I want gamers to shout back at us. I want them to talk to us, tell we're doing great, what we're not doing great. And just this whole program is just to always keep new content. So like when what I think Gaming Hall Rivalry is going to be the first one that's going to end first. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to get ready for the the next show and the next idea to come in there right. too. And I want to do I want to do a podcast about animation. I want to do a Disney podcast only. Sure. Uh, I want to do. I actually it's funny because like in the future I want to talk to you about a project I'm not talking about it on here but I there's a pro <laughs> no there's a there's an idea I've been having you has been my face of this idea I always yeah. wanted to do so I'll talk to you after the show cool but like yeah it's just this idea I always wanted to do all these shows and you know I have the time I have my own studio let's go ahead and just run these ideas and just mm -hmm. always come with something fresh every time so people get always come in and like oh okay if this ain't your show try these shows maybe maybe the goal is to find something you like and just. You know, give it a try and see right. what you think it is. Just like a channel, just like a, a network channel. Yeah, you're, you're getting. You might not like that show, but you, you're going to yeah, like this yeah, one. Yeah, it's gonna come yeah, yeah, and it's all there. So you yeah. don't have to go into searching for each single one. Just yeah. come to the network. It's all there for you. Now, Area Forty Four. Um, you, that's about new games. What's yeah. going on in new gaming? Well, the big thing right now is um, the Fallout Seventy Six. If you're if you're a fan of the Fallout series, if you know what that is, is basically the opposite of Elder Scrolls. Is basically the post apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, RPG first person shooter and everything like that. But Fallout 76 is all, well, Fallout in general it used to be just a solo game of you in this whole open world and you're just discovering the world and you're just trying to understand and just try to survive. Fallout 76 is the very first time they're bringing multiplayer in. So it's you, oh, wow. you yeah. and like four other people in a group and, and, and you guys are the first people to come out of the vault in the Fallout in West Virginia. And so from there, you get um, this big open world they said it's the biggest one they made so far in the whole fallout oh wow and they said the server there's a bunch of servers but they said the servers are limited to only 12 people in each server only and it makes sense because you know it's poke apocalypse you're not supposed to see a thousand people running around yeah, right exactly so it's you and a bunch bunch of people and you're doing missions together you can build it's basically you making a living out of this fallout world okay oh, cool. yeah and and you go from finding missions you can find like nuclear bombs and nuke places you know there's like you know monsters all this stuff and it's really cool because i'm you know, I got a group of people that are down to play it, so I can't wait to play that game. Yeah. But the one that's really taking the stride and it's breaking record records is Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yes, yes, that I've one heard, is yes. breaking records. They were saying like it has the best opening uh, gaming weekend of all time. The campaign's over sixty hours Jeez. by itself. The campaign, and that's just the campaign. I don't even want to tell you what the open world is like. You know, there's so much stuff, and they're just saying it's so realistic. Where like, you know. You can age like you're like you could like oh you gosh. could like you could trim your your beard and everything like that, but it can grow back. So you have to cut it down again. Your horse, your horse, and this is funny. Your horse can poop. Is this like you know? <laughs> and like just the world is always living and it's mm -hmm. always changing, and that is so remarkable. And I give that, I give fat, I give credit to Rockstar because they're the ones that did Grand yeah. Theft Auto. They just know how to make what they're good at and make it even more phenomenal. And their library is small, but. They're good at their library. They don't have, make bad yeah. games. Yeah, and and you know that people are spending a lot of money. You know, it doesn't matter how small your library is. If whatever you put out is so amazing, mm -hmm. that people are going to buy it. Then, right. Yeah. Then, right. Yeah. And it's crazy because like they're the only people where they can make a game and then they can just sit back. And when they decide to announce another one, it's like, oh, crap, I'm still playing five. And you're announcing <laughs> six? I'm like, I'm still playing five. There's so much stuff to do. Yeah. And that's why Red Dead Redemption, I think it's been six or seven years since the first one. Mm -hmm. And people have been dying for it. But now this one, I don't think no one's going to ask for three for a very, very long yeah, time. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of time to play this one. Right. Yeah. And they're the only ones that really don't do DLC that much. They do some. But Red Dead, I don't see them doing any like DLC for that thing. If it's 60 hours of campaign, like, what else can you do in that game? Yeah. 
And do you think, I mean, it seems like this whole real, the idea of realism is really getting us ready for the virtual reality idea Mm -hmm. that once you walk into it, that you feel like this is another world. Uh, right. You, you make it as real as possible. Right. Because like VR, we have VR, but I don't think we're there in right. VR. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, okay, we got the thing on our head, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting the immerse yet. Yes. So, you know, because, you know, PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, um, Val has their own thing. I forgot what it's called. But like, I want to get it where, you know, I lose myself and then, you know, I have a grown beer when I'm done or something. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And so like, there is some cool VRs I've been seeing, and I did test them out. Like when I went to PAX two years ago, PAX South in uh, in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and I tried some VR. And I remember playing this one where uh, I had the safe in my hand, and I had to hack my way out of getting the safe out of my hand. But I still had a controller in my hand, right? You know, and so I don't know when we're gonna get to the VR where I can just reach my hand and then see my hand without having a controller in my hand. Yeah. I don't know where we're gonna be at that. But um, I remember back in the day, the VR was more like you're in a pod. Yeah, you know, at the arcade place, or you know, they put you in this little grid and you mm. deal with all that stuff. You do you remember that kind of VR when you were younger? I've not. I don't think so. I don't remember okay. anything like, quite like that. But, okay. but I, I do remember. I mean, there was there was there. It was kind of that that idea of being kind of immersed or, or surrounded. Um, but I, I think the, the 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 problem right now is what I see with VR is is it's mostly just it's still in that this is cool stage. Yeah. We're not getting really good storyline as mm-hmm. far as uh, as far as video games. Um, that moment when I'll be able to, of course, I think with with uh, what Xbox has with their uh, the the thing where it could see your motions without oh. you actually having oh the connect back the in connect the day. Yeah, yeah yeah if you if you surround yourself with connects to so where you you're you don't have to actually have something in your hand mm-hmm. that might be interesting right and that way you could actually see yourself and your hand could move your feet could mm-hmm. move without actually holding right. onto a controller and moving yourself forward. Mm-hmm. I think the, the main problem that really turns me off on VR right now is one floating weapons. Cause I like, I want to see, I don't know why I'm picky. I really want to see my hand holding a weapon yeah. and I swing, I swing and two is walking. I think that's the hardest part right now is how can we get a game you moving without you running into a wall Yes, and, yes. and the real world or, you know, running and getting hit by a car and all this stuff. So like, I don't know how they're going to do that. But hopefully they'll figure it out one day because that's right. where I'll know I'll get immersed into that world. Or I can turn to the side and see another person talking to me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another real person. Yes. And we're having a conversation more than like, oh, it's just an NPC. OK, yeah, yeah I really, you know what I mean? So I don't know where we're going to get to that. But, you know, hopefully in the future. You know, the way technology is and like 4K TVs and all that, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, you know, Ready Player One uh, had that oh, idea. So, of, such a good movie. Uh, yeah, it was an incredible book, too. The idea that, uh, yeah, you could just, you could stand on an all-moving treadmill. So the treadmill right. moves in different directions. So that when you're moving, you're moving, mm-hmm. but you're not physically moving in the real world to where you could bang into right. somebody but there are people standing next to you that are in the virtual reality mm-hmm. world as well and you can all y'all can all communicate and do tasks together mm-hmm. would just be amazing but of course that's not supposed to be for another 30 years or so right and if you figure you know gaming we we're talking about how it goes back to about the late 70s but really home video games really with it was nintendo when mm-hmm. atari had died out nintendo mm-hmm. came in and really from like 86 87 on mm-hmm 
So really only about 30 years. Right. So if you think about where we've come from 30 years ago with the Nintendo Entertainment System to where we'll be in the next mm-hmm. next 30 years. And we, we also forget that, like, you know, some people did take a temp at Virtual. Remember, uh, Nintendo did do Virtual Boy, and but that mm-hmm. didn't work out very well. Right. It was all red lines and, you know, like headaches. But <laughs> but I think we have seen attempts, but it's just more of like, the te- like you said, like the technology yeah. is just not there yet. But I do appreciate people trying to dip in because – uh, that's the one thing I appreciate about Sega. Sega was the one that really pushed the envelope for a lot of gaming. But then when they opened that door, everybody kind of just left them at the door after that, right? Like, yeah. you know, Dreamcast, one of my favorite consoles of all time, the first console to actually go online. Now everybody's doing it. And, sure. like, you know, Sega's now, like, left in the dust as third, third parties now, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I'm i glad that now Oculus Rift and PlayStation are now dipping that VR because now we're right. looking at it and we can see, okay, where can we now take this because they're taking it here. Yeah, it's not going to be long before mm-hmm. game before, before game company goes. Oh, how do I how do I take what Oculus Rift can do mm-hmm. and make it into a game? Right, um, it, and then you'll have more technology, more technology all added onto mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And also, what's going on in the gaming world? And it's just blooming since Fortnite. And mm-hmm. I know you know familiar with this, but it's the battle royale genre. Yeah, and like everybody's doing it now. Uh, you know, Battlefield, one of my favorite series, is now going to be dipping into it. Uh, Call of Duty's now have theirs out. Call Blackout. And um, I'm I'm I like I like battle royale, but I don't like battle royale because like battle royale, I like the fact that like hey, you're in this world, everybody dukes it out, you know, it's f- every man for himself, w- right. you know, find a weapon, duke it out. One thing I hate about it is you know if you're dead, you know, it's over and you have to go to another thing. Right. So like as are con- consequences, but I I get I gets old for me really quick. Yeah. But you know battle royale, I think people love so much because everybody has a chance. Yeah. You know, it's not always just skill. Like, there is skill. But we're not talking about, like, you know, like, GoldenEye and Halo where, like, you know, it's arena where, hey, get to this gun first and then be good with that gun. Yeah. Here is more like, you don't know what weapon you're going to get. You might run into somebody. Good luck with whatever weapon you have in your hand. Yeah. And I think people like that because anyone can be a and hero. And sometimes just trying to make your way into the the the, the, the zone, mm-hmm. you might have had a whole bunch of people kill each other off. So right, you right. Up, there were three more people. You like, behind in the bush while right. everybody's duking it out, you know? And and then you come out and there's only one person left. You kill that guy, you can win it. So that's, that's the reason why people love Battle Royale because anything yeah. can go and anybody can be a, a winner. And so um, another big one that's coming out is Super Smash Brothers since we talked yeah. about that uh, for the Switch Ultimate over 70 characters to choose from they oh just they just announced now Ken is now in the library really yeah Ken from Street Fighter um, there is a new Pokemon I think his name is Incineroar he's uh, he's more of like a big bulky wrestling player and then um, uh, there was another one they mentioned oh uh, Piranha Plant Piranha Plant is now being <laughs> really? added in that yeah because I don't know if you heard but you know the, the Belmonts are now in the family so like you know, Simon Belmont and Trevor Belmont are now part of the Smash Bros. Everybody's been wanting Castlevania characters yeah. to be in this oh, sure. one. And so, but yet people were still upset because Benzo Kazooie wasn't on the list mm-hmm. and everything like that. But just the fact that, like, you have over 70 characters to choose from. Yeah. I, and that's why they call Ultimate because I believe like, Ultimate is more. Here it is. Now, don't ask for us for anything else ever again. <laughs> this is it. We are done. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I don't know. Dude, 75, that's so overwhelming. But it's oh, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, and there's plenty of choices, so you're never going to get bored playing this game because mm-hmm. you'll always be able to find something new to play with each each one of your characters. Mm-hmm. Did your son? Does your son like Smash Bros? Yes, Have he does. Oh, loves it. What loves what it. what what is his characters that he enjoyed? Uh, I think, um, well, I actually, I'm not really sure. Is he a Kirby? He's probably a Kirby. Yeah, I think I really, really yeah. think Kirby. I really was thinking Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves like, a Kirby. Kirby. Um, uh, Kirby, and I, and of course he talks a lot about um, uh, um, Link mm-hmm. a lot. You're um, probably a Link person, aren't you? Yeah, oh, you yeah, like, you time. like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, and I know, and I, 
I think Kirby is his his thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd have you to ask him, but yeah, because mm. I'm more of a Bowser. Like I oh, love yeah. playing Bowser. Uh, Bowser, he's just he is my he is my guy. But I do like I do like Link. Um, I do like Marth from the Fire Emblem era. Uh-huh. Uh, I do enjoy Sonic. Uh, I actually, it's funny. I actually enjoy a little bit of Little Mac from Punch Out. Oh really? Yeah, because he's in there right now. Even though like he could easily fall off, but he just he his hits are just so awesome. He like he fights <laughs> so fast, and so like you know that game I think it's just gonna take over the holiday because it's coming out December first or December second. So I think that thing is just gonna blow. Yeah, didn't up. I hear that the 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 actual the kid the 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 something kid from Majora's Mask. Uh, was one of the one of the characters that you can play as well? Um, no, um, the, I think he's an assist. Oh, okay, yeah, I think he's an assist. Yeah. There was a lot of assists. Like I was sad that Shovel Knight is not a fighter, and right. I'm a huge Shovel Knight fan. But you know, the fact that he got it in the game is uh, is great in general. And so, and the cool part about it is like a lot of characters are now jumping in as just like assist players. Like you got the whole Sonic family now in there. You got the mm-hmm. whole Castlevania. Like Alucard from Symphony of Night is the assist character in there. That's amazing. And so, like, it's now becoming a history book. Yeah, that's what Smash Brother is because it's so cool that you know they're going out of the way. For one, every soundtrack for every game for they're from is all in there, and they set up where you can use it as an MP3 player. So you could like have your your uh your Switch on sleep mode and still listen to all the music while you're w- walking around and doing stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and then the, of course they go out of their way to like even do a little biography for each one of them. Yeah, right. You know where they're from, what they do, and everything. So like. I give Nintendo credit for when they do a game, they really give it everything they yeah, got. I get a 30 games. years worth of history that, that they're bringing to you. And I remember mm-hmm. when um, Zelda had its 25th anniversary and that was with Skyward Sword mm-hmm. and really tried to educate people on the realization of how long this game has been around and right. what it has been doing. Um, and, and so that, uh, of course that was only what about five years ago. Um, and it's just been amazing. I think Nintendo probably has the best idea of, and because they've been the same company the entire time, mm-hmm. um, about respecting their history and their heritage and where they've come from and, and keeping that real to people who are younger, uh, because there are people right now who are graduating high school right. who don't even realize that Nintendo has been around as long as that. Right. So like in your point, in your point of view, um, what team would you say you're mostly going to? Are you more of a Sony? Are you more a Microsoft? Are you more a Nintendo? I'm more a Nintendo. Nintendo, hard. without a doubt. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, N64, when the uh, when the um, uh, Wii first came out, I was immediately, I grabbed mm-hmm. onto it. Of course, that was also because when the Wii first came out, that was the only way to get like your Netflix and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, was was through the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you had uh, internet and right. the, the Wii connected to the internet, you could get your Netflix. Mm-hmm. You get all, and so uh, that was how. That's why I got it. Mm-hmm. Was don't well, obviously play some great games, right? But right. also to to connect to the internet and to get things like Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, which again at that time was brand new. Um, now of course you can get Netflix on anything, right. um, you know. But yeah, at the time it was it was fairly new. It's so weird that Nintendo has this ability to come up with the weirdest thing and then. People give them the weirdest look, and then they're like, once you get in your hands, it, it, it makes sense, yeah. and it happens. Like, the Wii Remote was kind of weird. Like, I'm yeah, not even going to play a game with Wii Remote. And then you get it, and you're like, okay, I get it. How do I, I live without I, this? I, I, right? <laughs> and that, I think that's the same thing with N64 controller. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly their controller. Like, once you get it, because what they do is they do so well of making sure the control fits in your hand perfectly with the game that you decided to play. Right. And so if that's either tennis, that's either bowling, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I give Nintendo a lot of credit to this day, even with the Switch, you know. Oh, yeah. It makes perfect sense that they're the only ones that would make a system that's, that's full, full great graphics, and you could take it on the go. Yeah. 
I don't see anyone's ever going to take that step yet. And leaving Nintendo were the only ones that really take that big step to yeah. do it. And the, the great thing was, I mean, we've got a, a, of course, he's got his dock. He's he at, at his at his house mm-hmm. with his mother. And we, I went to went and bought a dock at our house so that he could bring it and right. just throw it right in there. And that's so awesome. Yeah, that's so. And awesome. And he just carries the game with him, and that and it, which most home entertainment system, unless you've either got it was either it was mobile or it was home based. Right. They're not the not. Two and two and one, and that was when Switch first came out. With that, I was like, "This is genius." Mm-hmm. Because I remember they did talk about the history of the Switch, where it's like the goal is to get all the all the years of Nintendo console all in this. That's why, like, mm-hmm. you have the Wii, you have the Wii function on there, where you know, take a Joy-Con and you can play Motion, or yeah. you can hand it off, and it like the old school Super Nintendo style. And you know, I, 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 I through the thick and thick and thin of Nintendo, and I've been with Nintendo, I've been a fan through their hardest times, mm-hmm. where everybody kind of jumped ship. Yes, you know I stuck with them because you know regardless they never messed up the games I love. Right, right. they never they, they never, never made did. a bad yeah. Zelda game to me. They never made a bad Mario game to me. You know, bad Metroid. So that's why I stuck with them the whole time. Yeah, and so yeah, so I'll always have a Nintendo console of some sort in my household, regardless of the yeah. situation. It's incredible. Yeah, and I've I've always and I've always loved the fact that that I think that the Nintendo had had really worked hard to make it family oriented. Mm-hmm. That it was. That it was family friendly. Yes, granted, you've got some diff- different games on there, but for the most part, you you've still got your your Mario game, uh, 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 the the Mario board game. Yeah, uh, Mario yeah, Party. Mario Party. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is the new ones out? Super yeah. Mario Party's out. Yeah. Um, which looks like a, an absolute it looks, blast. It looks amazing. Um, I mean, it and they so they they really care about. We know what you want, and they put it out, and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really well thought out and really well. And of course, I mean, starting out with their Switch with Zelda mm-hmm. was just genius. Um, right. And I, especially because I was, would be surprised that they didn't start out with, I mean, they did do a Mario. Was it, there was a Mario brothers. Um, I know you're talking about, um, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking but about because like, Mario Kart eight was also, um, the next month after. Yes, yeah. And it was the deluxe edition of the Wii U edition, which I love Mario Kart eight. I think it's the best one in the series. Yeah. And you know, that year, even though they started out in the middle of it all and they were kind of late, the games that they were they were coming up because we got to realize that uh, the Mario Odyssey and Zelda came out the same year. Yeah, and now we're getting this year. You know, we got the Smash Brothers and you know a couple of Pokemon games, but everybody excited for next year because a new Metroid is coming and probably a new full blown Pokemon game that everybody wanted. Yeah, a Pokemon game that's full graphic, full beautifully done. Maybe some online stuff where people can connect with each other somehow and take it on the go, and that's and why probably more of an open world type. Of yes, yeah, yes, and I think that's what they're doing with the Hey You Pikachu and a- Hey You Avery. Uh-huh. That's their first kind of attempt, I think, where it kind of reminds you of Pokemon Red and Blue yeah. per se. And so I think if that game works out, then that's the next thing they're going to do. And then they've just been doing good on their Nintendo Directs, telling you what all these games and their indie games coming on that thing. You, there's just a huge library. I think they announced, they said, there's now 1,500 games on oh my Switch gosh. as we speak. I didn't even realize it was Yeah, because there's just so many indie games and so many other games on there. Uh-huh. That and you then, of course, first, you can play, the, where there's the, you can play uh, 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 the, the uh, Fortnite yeah, on there. Uh, right. I mean, there's so many games you can play. My son loves playing Fortnite on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the Switch. And now they have it where, um, now they description started where it's $20 for a whole year and now they're opening up where now they're putting the old classic Nintendo games mm-hmm. on there which is fine but I'm more patient waiting for 
when we get beyond the Nintendo Super Nintendo, when we start maybe slowly seeing, are we going to see GameCubes on there? Are we going to see at least yeah. some 64s on there? You know, because the Wii U had 64 games on there. And so I'm hoping like that will carry over because I have Star Fox 64 on my Wii U console. So yeah. I want to see those. Yeah. Come and I, back. Well, yeah, my, my N64, you could, uh, or my, my Wii. The Wii, you could download the old Final Fantasies. Yes, um, yeah. you could download the uh, you could download the original Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, you could download all the sixty four games. So I mean, from that, and I, so I'm hoping that'll happen with the 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 Wii. I my, I think my the problem they're having though the 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 Wii uh, controller was somewhat similar to the N64 controller. It was. Uh, which the idea, so you had, still had your trigger in your left hand, mm-hmm. you still had your 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 your, your joystick in your, on your left thumb. Mm-hmm. So it was still kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was just more split. It was just, it was, yeah. Yeah, was like, a, like the nunchuck system they were doing, yeah. But the, but the, but the Switch controllers aren't quite that, Mm-mm. you know, so I think maybe that's where they're tr- probably having a little bit of trouble right. switching it over. right. But thank goodness that, you know, they do have the alternative. Like there is a pro controller with this. Mm-hmm. So as long as there are alternatives to, you know, help out all gamers. That's great because you know, you know, like with the with the Wii U, maybe people didn't want to play with the giant pad with the screen. But here we yeah. go. Here's a pro controller, traditional one that you probably like for if you want to play fighting yeah. games uh-huh. or play more stuff that's just straight traditional. Uh, if you ever do this, by the way, uh, I know that you like you're not a huge fan of Breath of the Breath of the Wild too much. I know you probably like it, but you're not like yeah. a huge huge fan. You should try playing it with your son. When one one of y'all have one Joy-Con, the other one has the other. We've Joy-Con. done it. Oh, okay. Yes, all right, yes, all right. Yes. Yeah, I played with the first. I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Just to see like who's responsible of what stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, here you go. You you you. So you'll control this, and then I'll and I'll control this. And I'm like, oh cool. So, I, but of course, <laughs> I'm also I'm an, I'm I love right now just watching people play. So mm. I'll just sit and watch my son play and enjoy it mm-hmm. uh which of course is a whole new thing as well with 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 what's been going on not new <laughs> it's been going on for years uh, on youtube just watching people play games mm-hmm. um and then of course with the esports uh i mean it's become this mm-hmm. big huge thing right of watching people play video games mm-hmm. because watching it's almost like watching a movie i mean i would sit and watch people play red red dead redemption because me too of the storyline and if someone you is good at playing that, you want to watch that storyline go. Right. And I'm just going to be walking into a wall and just keep walking into the wall. So <laughs> it'd be best to watch someone else who knows what they're doing play the game. Have you uh, had a chance? And I think they're going to bring. They, I think they they have to bring it to the Switch. It'd be it'd be the dumbest thing. They the biggest mistake they would. I think Super Mario Maker is coming. And that's oh, the one. Oh, yeah. I, and that's the one I want. Like the one you build your own levels. I can't wait to do that on the Switch and take that on the go because it, it people forget it is a touch screen. Yeah. So I can't wait till they bring that over. That's and so, and people were talking about Zelda Maker soon. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, Build your own yeah. dungeons and stuff. That'd be kind of oh, cool. See, there we go. That I would guess without doubt. Right, right, right. Um, where can people find you? Uh, on, 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 you said you, know, you mentioned uh, Spotify and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so you, the in-game boss program. Make sure you type that whole thing out. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Podbean. And also, too, if you if you're having a hard time, make sure you go to our Facebook Facebook pa- page, yep. Facebook page, and Twitter. We're, we'll always have those episodes posted on there all the time, so there's an easy link to get to those. Is it still Endgame Program on Twitter? Just all that on. Um, you can find us at at Program In. So like okay. at and then type in Program In, and that's how you can find us there. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. And then if you want to find me personally. I am um, RetroAmp07. Wait a minute. RetroAmp07. Amp, Amp. Zero spelled out or the, uh, the actual zero? zero. zero yeah. And then, yeah, the numbers. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and, 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 and I've, I've, 
I tell you, I, I'm really excited about this, Jeremy, because there's there's so many there's so many d- different things that you could go and and also talk about. What other what have you what did you what would you like to do? What other kind of podcasts would you like to do in the future? Um, I would like I try to stay with stuff that I normally like. Like I would love to do a movie podcast. I actually talked to my friend Nam, and the reason I talked to him about this is because I don't know why. I am really loving the Twilight Zone a lot lately, oh, yeah. and I want to do a podcast about the Twilight Zone and talk about what's the, what are what would we do in those certain situations. Like oh, I watch I watch one episode where this guy named Corey got stranded on this asteroid because I guess in that world when you are like guilty for killing a guy you get stranded on this uh, asteroid for its punishment and. Apparently he, I guess he killed a guy off of self-suspense, but regardless of the situation, he was stranded there for 50 years, but uh, once in a while, his lawyers or some people will come and bring food to him, you know, but the problem, the, the goal is that he was lonely. That's the main thing. He's only yeah. on this asteroid. He has nothing to do. You know, he needs somebody there. So one day this guy, come, the guys come down and they brought him a robot. And so the question is, is him and this robot, you know, hanging out together and then when he when they come back down tell him hey you can come back to earth now he has to make this decision of does he leave the robot behind you know to go back to earth or does he stay and that's something i would love to talk to somebody and like what would we do in that situation what would we like to do in that kind of stuff uh i want to do i want to do a podcast about like doing role playing for stuff yeah you know do like a podcast play and whatnot um i want to like i said i want to do podcasts about the world animation i want to go back to talk about like animation shows that we grew up with sure and just talk about the history of that um you know i don't want to i want to stray away from more like political stuff like that just more fun stuff i want to do stuff about movies i want to do stuff about um just stuff that like people don't talk about that much and just go into that and that's why this network's here it's just more like i'd have an idea i want to see who can who's perfect for this and then work on my episodes get them all ready have them out so people can just be entertained by that. And that's the, that's my goal is just to get my name out there personally, know, know who I am and let people know what this network is. That's and awesome. So, it's going to be so much fun. Great. Yeah, yeah. And, and everyone can find you just basically uh, uh, searching for Endgame Program. Yeah, Endgame Boss Program. Endgame yeah, Boss yeah, Program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and like I said, like, if you have trouble, that's why we have Facebook and Twitter. We will send you <laughs> links to those so easily. Because I always, I always try to post them from all the places that we do. So like, hey, I couldn't find on Spotify. Here's the link to the Spotify one. Here's the link to the YouTube one. So you can always be around for that. And hopefully in the future, we'll do more video work. Because mm. I know people like visuals. Because I would like to go back to the James Bonds and do some editing and show like certain scenes that we enjoy. Yeah. You know, we do want to do like videos like our top five favorite fight scenes in Bond. Our favorite WTF moments in Bond. You know, sure. you know so... I'm hoping like to get involved, and that's another thing too. I want to get involved with other podcast people. Like, yeah. let's do let's do a collaboration series together I think and get so. it out there. You know, just do five episodes of something and get it out there, and then just have a good time with it, have fun with it. Like, yeah, we should get all get together with the Red Six, the Golden Corral. Yeah, I'm, I talked to them, and I uh, hopefully I'll be talking to them real soon about do, uh, coming on their show and talk about some ideas. They're awesome. Stuff. They're so yeah. much fun. So, yeah, you know, yeah. We should all just get together and have a big podcast party. Yeah, definitely. Uh, fantastic. Mm. Oh, Jeremy, thank you so much for stopping by. That was thank wonderful. you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for letting me come on and talk about the show and, and catch up yeah i know it's been fantastic mm-hmm. uh, i think the last time we did weren't you were you weren't you were you on with us on when we went to the De- yes, yes 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 the uh the sushi I restaurant was, yeah yeah i know it's been something else that we did yes yeah we were celebrating um what was that your that wasn't your 100th episode was it no that one was uh that i think it was just i I don't know if that was a special. I just it was a podcast. That oh, okay. Decora said we're gonna. They made a sushi roll for us. And oh, like, okay. that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're celebrating. Yeah, because I remember uh, sharing it with Caleb Master. Me and both were on <laughs> there. We're talking about our shows and yeah. whatnot. 
That yeah, and awesome. that was fun. I do. I would love to get together with you and talk about like how you got that portable stuff going. Yeah, because that was really cool how you guys said. I was like, I need to work on that if I'm going to be. It's actually stuff. a lot easier than you think. It okay, is. as long as you can get some way to record it, you're good. Awesome. That's pretty, uh, awesome. Fantastic, Jeremy. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Um, that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on our brand new home with our podcast friends at mostlyharmless.media. Also on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. would love to hear from you. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Jeremy Evans, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. 